Okay, so that is the movie from Up. How many of you have ever felt like the cone of shame is around your neck? That you felt ashamed of something, that somebody shamed you or you've done something that was a shameful thing. Uh, I remember one time when I was uh, uh, 13, I was over at uh, Kokomo uh, Recreation Center, I was doing my uh, swimming lessons, and uh, you know, not realizing that uh, I, I dressed myself after swimming lessons and went to the shower, right? Headed to the wrong door, went to the exit. And so, and that went right directly back to the pool. And so here I am standing in front of everybody in my birthday suit, all right? So ashamed, right? <laughs> like I was beat red, I rushed back in. Actually, I didn't even rush back in yet because I was just so stunned that I just stood there <laughs> when everybody was looking at me, but, and then I went back in. How many of you have ever felt embarrassed or ashamed? Or how many of us, like uh, all, all of you um, probably are familiar with, when we were younger back in uh, grade school, we get bullied. Right? Um, for me, uh, I lived in Coquitlam all my life, and uh, being in Coquitlam back in those days, I was the only Asian kid there uh, from grades one to seven. And man, constantly I get uh, bullied because of my stupid glasses. They look like TV screens that could pick up radio signals. You know, like those big, humongous wired ones that you see, you know. Um, it's funny because uh, Rosanna and I always, uh, we went through all those weddings for our friends, and every single time we see these slideshows of kids younger, we all had the same glasses, <laughs> right Fritz? Those big, like, wired things that could pick up TV signals. It was just this thick and this thick. But, and so then I get bugged by that, right? So bullying and uh, getting called names and stuff like that, that also feels ashamed. And, and then I actually want to use the word for, and that's why I titled it this morning, degraded. You just feel degraded because you, like, you feel that you're not a human being anymore. You're not feeling valued. You're not feeling valued like everybody else. And hence, that's what we're going to go into this morning. We're in light of what Jesus has done on Easter Sunday. How does Deuteronomy, which is, talks about a lot about degraded, about not degrading uh, human beings and not degrading people, and most importantly, near the end, not degrading God, how does that de degradation, the whole idea of degradation, what does Easter Sunday, how does Easter Sunday speak into degradation, right? How does Easter Sunday speak into the times when we, are, we feel degraded, whether it be our friends, our family, especially our parents sometimes, and when they say, yong, that type of phrase, right? How do we feel, how can we see uh, this passage today about degradation in, in light of Easter Sunday. All right, so let's go. Uh, let's pray. Uh, we already prayed, so let's go into Deuteronomy chapter 25, verse 1 to 9. So turn with me to 1 to 9, uh, 1 to uh, 9, and uh, it will be on the screen as well. Read with me. Uh, you don't have to read out loud. Just read along with me as I read. When people have a dispute, they are to take it to court, and the judges all decide the case, acquitting the innocent and condemning the guilty. If the guilty person deserves to be beaten, the judge shall make them lie down and have them flogged in his presence with the number of lashes the crime deserves. But the judge must not impose more than 40 lashes. If the guilty party is flogged more than that, your fellow Israelite will be degraded in your eyes. Hence the topic, degradation. It just kicks it off with that keyword, degraded. Okay. Here's an example of how we can unintentionally degrade people. Uh, God, through Moses, tells his people that uh, first things first. Uh, you notice that he says, acquitting the innocent and condemning the guilty, the judges have to decide the case. You know, practically speaking, when something bad happens, 
uh, it's interesting how quickly we blame. We try to place blame on things, people, right? It's like uh, when something bad happens, like, uh, or when something bad happens to us, we start to look for the culprit, right? Instead of actually doing due diligence and wait and be patient and hold back, we want to get, get the culprit. And for us parents, for us as parents, who do, like when something bad happens, when something hits the floor or something like that, who do we usually just point to? The youngest one or the oldest one, right? Like, we, actually, is mainly the oldest one. And then we just go, you did it, right? You got to do it, right? And what happens if that person that we, uh, we blamed on is actually innocent? What happens if that person is innocent? They feel degraded. They feel not valued. They feel that they just got hurt and they get just devalued, actually. And that happens, uh, studies have shown that that happens to, what happens in children when they feel that, that they get blamed on and actually they go, but I didn't do it and yet at the same time I did good behavior, yet I got punished for something that I didn't do. You, we literally degrade what they already value as good behavior. We, uh, they actually just start to go, oh, so what is good behavior then and what is not, right? And so God, through Moses, is telling us, uh, telling his chosen people, do you know how we actually degrade people and how you feel degraded sometimes? Is that it's when we condemn people for no apparent reason. That's the first things first. Like uh, he says, if we condemn people for no apparent reason, if we don't do our due diligence, that's how we degrade people and that's how we feel degraded. And I'm sure a lot of us have felt the same way. When we get blamed on for something that we didn't do, we feel degraded, right? We feel not valued and we get, uh, we get turned into this. Okay, now, however, what happens if the guilty person is guilty? Well, interesting enough, what does he say here? If the guilty person deserves to be beaten, the judge shall make them lie down and have them flogged in his presence, not a public spectacle. It is not a public spectacle. So, interesting enough, like uh, when I was, uh, you know, uh, when we were in Italy, actually, uh, you know, Italian moms, they love to punish their kids. I don't know why. They go, mm. <laughs> right? right? And then what they do is, like, uh, I see some parents, they punish them in front of everybody, in front of the public. Right? And it's like, okay, yes, the kid was being bad, right? But you don't punish the children in front of the public into making it to a public spectacle, right? I said, uh, because that's degrading. That's a devaluing the child, right? That's a degrading the child. Now, here's another one. And this is unfortunate because it has happened in the few churches that I've heard. Uh, one of them uh, being, uh, I think Fritz and I know somewhat. There was one time, uh, I, I was told this uh, from a testimony, and I think I shared it with you uh, quite a while back. I have a friend who, uh, she went through a nasty divorce, and, uh, and, she, and in, in the middle of the church service, the elders of the church identified her and told her to come up to repent to everybody, to confess to everybody in the church of her sin of divorcing her husband. Is that right? No, right? But that's. But that is degrading, isn't it? You literally degraded. So why did God say that this is degrading? It's because God values human beings. God created you and I in his image. And regardless what we have done, regardless whether you're guilty or innocent, God still sees you as valuable, still sees you in his own image. That's amazing, isn't it? That regardless of how our failures, our faults, that he does not see you as, as, that he does not see shame. And you should not see shame. That you should see that God has mercy on you and God sees you still 
as his loved one, as his own image, creating his own image. Just like here. Yes, there, are, there is punishment for sin. There, it, it's, it's A equals B, right? Like the guilty person, yes, you have to sort of go through what the system is that we are subscribed to. However, God still says, even those prisoners that are right now in our prisons today, this is why we have chaplains over there. It's because God still loves them. God still sees them as valuable. I get hurt at times when I hear on the news, especially politicians, that say, oh, we should cut the expenses, the expenditures of prisons because they don't deserve it. They're not human beings. They commit a crime. They do their time. They're no longer valuable citizens. They shouldn't even have the opportunity to vote. No, that's not how God sees them. God sees them as human beings in his own image and that he still loves them. And that's why we still love them. We value them because God values them. That's the principle, the very first principle that I take away today is that in de degradation, in terms of that degrading, we cannot degrade people and, they, and we should, when we feel degraded, we should remind ourselves that God values us. Even though the world does not value us, even though the value that the world tends to want to make us a public spectacle, even though your family may want to make you a public spectacle or punish you, even if you, fail, you have made your failures and, and faults and stumbled and, then you, and, then they, and you feel shamed, just remember that regardless, God loves you. That God still says, no, I created you in my image. You are who you are and I love you the way you are. Full stop. Amen? Okay, let's go on. Verse 4. Do not muzzle an ox while it is treading out grain. How many of you have heard this passage before, somewhere down the road in the New Testament? Anybody? Yeah? Pay your pastors. <laughs> You're right? That, 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 that's what Paul used, right? Paul used this, uh, and he uh, used this as a reference, and then he took it, and then he, uh, he made it a reference to pay your pastors who preach, you, preach to you, right? Okay, good on Paul. He used it as a metaphor. But here, takes it literally. Interestingly enough, God through Moses says that, yes, value human beings, but also value God's creation. Do not exploit animals. Do not exploit the ox who actually treads the grain. Do not starve them to death. Do not work them to death. They're like, if they need to eat, feed them, right? Amazing, right? God even cares for the animals. God cares for the, for the animals, especially those ones who do work for us, the ones with burden. If you think about it, and that is so true in Genesis, right? God created us to be what? Good stewards of his creation. Good stewards of all he created for us. They are not there to serve us. We're not, he didn't call us masters, did we? Did he? He didn't create us and say, be masters of all creation. No. He didn't say, be lord of all the creation. No. What did he tell us to do? Be good stewards of the creation. Which means, it's actually to take care of the animals. They do stuff for us, we do stuff for them. We care for them. So, in other words, degradation as well includes the whole topic of degradation. Even though we feel degraded sometimes, we got to make sure that we do not degrade animals as well, right? They should be treated with respect and, uh, yeah, even uh, the chicken drumstick you're eating, right? Like, the animals need to be treated with respect. All right, let's move on. Verse 5. We're getting there. Everybody following? Verse 5. If brothers are living together and one of them dies without a son, 
His widow must not marry outside the family. Her husband's brother shall take her and marry her and fulfill the duty of a brother-in-law to her. The first son she bears shall carry on the name of the dead brother so that his name will not be blotted out from Israel. However, if a man does not want to marry his brother's wife, she shall go to the elders at the town gate and say, my husband's brother refuses to carry on his brother's name in Israel. He will not fulfill the duty of the brother-in-law to me. Then the elders of his own town shall summon him and talk to him. If he persists in saying, I do not want to marry her, his brother's widow shall go to up to him in the presence of the elders. Okay, here's a good one here. Okay, follow me here, okay? This is, the, this is your comedy really for today. Take off one of his sandals, spit in his face and say, this is what is done to the man who will not build up his brother's family. That man's line shall be known in Israel as the family of the unsandaled. All right. Fritz and I were having this dialogue over text and he goes, can you believe we're preaching on this? <laughs> and then, I know, right? Now, uh, so I looked at, did some research on this and then actually the further to this in the rabbinical literature, uh, it's actually the woman takes off the guy's sandal and slaps him with it and then spit at it. Think about it. A stinky sandal slapping you. Oof. <laughs> right? But that's what it is. Okay, what is going on here? What has this got to do with degradation? Right? Okay, leveret marriages are not common nowadays because, uh, you know, uh, if Brian was my brother <laughs> and he died without kids, I wouldn't marry Joyce, right? Like, you know, one wife is good enough, right? Like, um, so, <laughs> right? So, you know, we, I, we could only handle one set of in-laws. Jeez. <laughs> right? Okay, so, um, I just got myself into trouble. All right. So, levered marriages are not that common today. But back then, they were common. Now, you may have known, uh, are familiar with the story of Ruth, right? Ruth. So, uh, similar type of thing, right? Where uh, the name, in their culture, name is everything. The family name is everything. So, and how everything is it? Well, if you were a woman or a child, and let's say the, your husband or your father died, somebody has to take over to take on that name again. Or else, just like Ruth, you're useless. You're nothing. You're worthless. You're, you're now on the street. You can't survive. Name is everything. Who, and usually the one who holds the name is the man. And hence, in this culture, this is, your, not, this is not just your husband, per se. This is your livelihood. This is your sustenance. This is who to protect you from other evil that's happening. This, is, this keeps you, gives you shelter, gives you finances for your work, everything. Yes, it's a culture that we're not familiar with. So hence, it's so important for this widow to be married again into that name so that she doesn't lose that inheritance, she doesn't lose that family line, and that she doesn't lose herself, lose her life. So when the, 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 when the man, the, uh, the brother, says, I don't want to marry her, and in rabbinical literature they elaborate, I don't want to marry her because she's not attractive, I don't like her, right? What is he actually doing? He is degrading her. He is degrading her value as a person. He's degrading the name. He doesn't even see the name that important to him. Important enough to do, fulfill his duty. And so what happens? He gets shamed too. You degrade somebody, God will degrade you. You would degrade a, a, a human person who get, and tell her, you're nothing to me. Well, Kosen says, 
How dare you do that? I value her. Do not degrade her, God says. And so we see that here, that this man, the way that he degraded uh, uh, this brother's wife is by just saying, refusing to do what's obligated, to just say, look, she's nothing. Like, uh, she should be just on the street. That's how he degraded her. And that's how important this uh, uh, passage is, but in the light of degradation, is that God sees everyone as equal. Doesn't matter whether you're a man or a woman. God sees this woman, and the and she doesn't have children yet. God sees this woman as valuable too, regardless of whether she could fulfill her duties as having children. There's no such thing as like a stock value for God, right? So, which means that regardless of what you're doing right now, let's say that you think that your job is right here compared to everybody else. Let's say that your payroll is right here compared to everybody. Else. Let's say that you don't have that. You let, let you feel that you're worthless in society. Let's say you're not contributing. You don't, you're not doing stuff for it. God doesn't see that. God doesn't see you the same way as you see yourself. God values you because he created you in his own image. So that means you do not deserve to be degraded by others. Though the world may see you as nothing, just a McDonald's worker or whatever, he values you regardless of what you can achieve. Amen to that? All right, let's move on to the next one. Um, so for the brother of the deceased man to not fulfill his duty, he did not put value on it. But then also, interesting enough, I have a, uh, how does this apply to more of a real life situation? As I was like uh, reflecting on this, uh, I realized that I'm a culprit as well because this is about what, uh, degrading what people value, right? And I was, uh, when was this? I can't remember. It was, uh, it was back at the, the head office at Best Buy. And uh, two of my colleagues uh, uh, were very passionate in environment, uh, in the environment. They wanted, it, it was like the new green movement. It was back then, right? And they wanted to encourage all the, the workers and all their colleagues to uh, use less paper. So they go, please don't photocopy and please don't, you know, do this and do it. like try to use double-sided if you want to, but try not to print, right? That's something of value to them, right? And uh, unfortunately, no one got the email. Like, no one really read the email, no one cared. So me included, we just kept on printing <laughs> and we kept on copying. We kept on throwing a lot of paper into the recycling bin and it's like, it just kept on building up. If you were my two colleagues, how would you feel? Degraded, right? So it's not just necessarily like, uh, so I'm just trying to give you an example of how we could actually degrade people too. Let's say somebody has this particular value. They really value something, whether it be the environment, whether it be, um, well, let's say timeliness, whether it be quality, whether it be just punctuality, whether it be something, just anything, something of value. Or even if it could be a hijab, you know, like a, a, a woman that wears a hijab. It, or it could be some symbol on their chest. Or it could be something like dietary restrictions, like, a, like they can't eat pork. Something of value to them. If we ignore that, that's degradation as well. Because similar to the leverage marriage where the widow values the name of the family, though we cannot relate to that in their world, we sometimes degrade people to today, right? When people do, uh, do not respect our values, when, people do, when we do not respect other people's values. 
God is calling us through this uh, passage to actually say, God actually values other people's values. And he sees them as equally as important because the values are the, what makes who they are. And so if we ignore it, it's, not, it's degrading people as well. You follow? All right, let's move on. Let's go into verse 11. <laughs> if two men are fighting and the wife of one of them comes to the rescue, her husband from his assailant, here we go. And she reaches out and seizes him by his private parts. You shall cut off her hand. Show her no pity. We had a tough time on this one too. <laughs> All right. So the wife intentionally grabbed her husband's enemy by the balls for the intent of ripping them off, apparently. Okay. That was the whole, that's the Hebrew part. The Hebrew part behind this is the whole intention, a violent intention of ripping the guy's genitals off. Now, again, similar theme of the previous passage. Remember back in this culture time period, who carries the name? The man. And how is the name carried? Through children. And so children are of a high value, right? And the, the capability and the capacity to make children is, you know, the men's genitals, right? Like, and so for the woman, just like the man on the previous one, for the woman to violate that and to say rip that, uh, that off her intent is actually to shame that person that man that I ha see no value in your family line basically the same thing as what the other that the man is doing when he did not marry the widow you, you follow is that this woman it does not see the same uh, this value at all with this person or what they value all right now you might think that this is bad like this is worse than the other guy like, she gets her hand cut off, right? Yet this guy just gets called, oh, the unsandaled. No big deal, right? You didn't get, lose your piano career out of it, right? Like, like this, like a person, like a, this woman got, got, like cut her hand cut off. But just to remind you, uh, no, the men actually, men actually get it even worse. Do you remember the story of Onan and Tamar? No, okay. So Tamar... Tamar being, you know, Judah, Tamar, Tamar, the great, 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 great grandmother of Jesus. Tamar uh, was a husband died. And so somebody had to take over to marry, the Leverett marriage, to take over. And Onan was next in line. So Onan uh, did not want to marry Tamar. But he was very reluctant and said, you know what, I'm not even going to give her children. What happened? God struck him dead. So God's fair, right? Yes, the lady lost her piano career, but the other guy lost his life, right? So he's pretty fair in that respect. God values our values. God sees value, human values as part of who they are. And so if we do not respect others' people's values, we're degrading them as well. Countless times I, I see people like, um, you know, uh, just let's reflect on this moment. If a, a friend of ours respects timeliness, if our friend values punctuality, quality or punctuality for sure, timeliness, and we are consistently late on the, all the stuff that we book with this person, with this friend, how does that friend feel? How are we treating that friend? Are we degrading them? Simple as that. That's a simple example, but there's more, right? But that's one of them. 
If Quebec right now passes through that law of removing all the hijabs of all the women who, have a, who value their religion because their religion is part of who they are, that's actually degrading. And hence, there's that fight. We may not understand it now, but now we do, right? It's because they feel degraded. They feel not respected. And they don't feel like you're treating them like human beings, that God treats them like human beings. All right, All right next one. Do not have two differing weights in your bag, one heavy, one light. Do not have two differing measures in your house, uh, one large, one small. You must have accurate and honest weights and measures so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. For the Lord your God detests anyone who does these things, anyone who deals dishonestly. I think ripping people off is one of the most obvious examples of degrading somebody. Why? It's, uh, have you ever been ripped off before? You know, like uh, you thought that something was real and then now it's fake? Well, newsflash, why, anything you buy in China is like 50% chance, right? Anyway, <laughs> right? But, like, just kidding. Uh, no, I'm not. So, like, but when you feel ripped off, you, like, what does that mean? It means that the person who ripped you off really treated you as if you were stupid, right? They, like, they don't really respect your intelligence. They just don't respect who you are as a human being. Well, God detests that too. And if you recall what God did to Ananias and Sapphira, support, Anan, help me with the pronunciation. Ananias and Sapphira or Sapphira and Sapphira. Do you remember that story? You know, the first time that when the church started and started and began. Well, they cheated on God. They cheated on their tithing. Okay, they came up to the to the uh, the elders and which of the disciples and said, "Oh, this is the only money we have." With, but then they really had a humongous bank account. What happened to them? Struck dead. The Holy Spirit struck them dead. God detests us if uh, detests people who rip other people off because he sees everyone as his image. People are created in his image and we cannot rip people off. We cannot cheat on people. We cannot tell people. We cannot lie. We have to be honest. This is a call to be honest. And God detests dishonesty. And, <laughs> and he deals with it whether it be now or later in life, he'll deal with it. All right. So if you could see where, the, where we're leading here about degradation, about that, uh, it's, God is, is an, it's so amazing. It's that he sees that everybody here in this whole world as his own image, created in his own image, and he loves them all, regardless of achievements and regardless of what they did. Everyone is, is equal to his in his eyes. Okay, lastly, uh, verse 17. Remember what the Amalekites did to you along the way when you came out of Egypt. When you were weary and worn out, they met you on your journey and attacked all who were lagging behind. Who are usually lagging behind when you're traveling? The old and sick. They attacked the old and sick. When the Lord your God gives you rest from all the enemies around you in the land he has given you to possess as inheritance, you shall blot out that name of Amalek and from under the heaven. Do not forget. The Amalekites cheated. Right? And yes, they're actually a, a law of warfare. You, typically, in law of warfare back then, you do not attack the women and children and the elderly and the sick. Animals know that too. Wolves, if you've ever seen the pack of wolves in nature shows, right? When they see a, a rival pack, they never attack the females, the children, and the sick. They don't. There's a sense of honor in that. 
right? And amazingly enough, God actually placed that moral compass in everyone. And we cannot, and so God says, I detest even the corporately. When people cheat each other corporately, or back talking like this, or gossiping, he detests that because that's degrading other human beings, his owner. You're degrading his image when we do that. When we back talk, when we uh, backstab people, when we cheat, when we lie, we steal, or we do, uh, do not respect people's values, we are degrading what he values, his creation, his people. Lastly, and I promise, and this is the key, right here, verse, verse 20, chapter 26 now, verse 1 to 19. When you have entered the land the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance and taken possession of it and settled in it, take some of the first fruits of all that you produce from the soil of the land the Lord your God is giving you and put them in a basket. Then go to the place the Lord your God will choose as a dwelling for his name. Verse 12. When you have finished setting aside a tenth of all your produce in the third year, the year of the tithe, you shall give it to the Levite, the foreigner, the fatherless, and the widow, so that they may eat in your towns and be satisfied. Verse 16, the Lord your God commands you this day to follow these decrees and laws. Carefully observe them with all your heart and with all your soul. You have declared this day that the Lord is your God and that you will walk in obedience to him, that you will keep his decrees, commands, and laws that you listen to him. And the Lord has declared this day that you are his people, his treasured possession as he promised, and that you are to keep all his commands. He has declared that he will set you in praise, fame, honor, high above all the nations he has made, and that you will be people holy to the Lord, your God, as he promised. Let me reread that to you again. You are his treasured possession, as he has promised. Therefore, you are to keep his commands. You are set in praise, fame, and honor high above all the nations he has made. You. Why? Because God fulfilled his covenant through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. You are worthy of praise. God on Easter Sunday, we reflect upon Jesus' resurrection, but we also have to reflect on why he died and rose. It's because he values us. He created us in his own image. He sees us as treasured possessions. If we do not value others, we technically do not value God because he values people. He values his creation. He values his animals, his creation, his, and especially those in his own image. And therefore, how do we degrade God then? By not valuing others, by degrading others. Easter Sunday so reminds us of this fact that we are God's creation, creating his image, but also the fact that the reason why he did all this is because he values us and that he tells us the same way to value other people the same way. Now, as we worship, this is about worship, as we continue to worship every Sunday, we have to keep in mind of that too. And that when we come to worship and worship God, are we also placing value towards God as well by giving our first fruits, right? Because he commands here, give me your first fruits. So why? To take care of the widow, the fatherless, and the foreigner. The people that we are taking care of today through our Good Friday community dinner, through our community day. Are we giving first fruits when we come to worship God? Because in that way, if we're not, we're also degrading God as well. Because he values 
what we do. He values what we do for people. And so if, he, if we do not do that, we do not give first fruits in our, during our worship, uh, our, giving our best at our, at our worship, singing our best and singing from our hearts and uh, allowing the Holy Spirit to come into our, uh, our, into our lives and breaking in, if we don't do that, we also degrade God as well at the same time. So hence, to sum it all up, we all have felt degraded. Yes, we all have felt shamed. Yes. But also in turn, we have to ask ourselves, have we ever shamed other people? Have we degraded other people? Because there are many people that, that may have different values than us. Many, especially in Richmond, especially living in the Lower Mainland. We live in a very multi-diverse uh, city. Everybody has different values. Values, and now that we see that in this passage, the values are really connected with the existence of the person, of who they are. If we do not value their values, we, in fact, are degrading them as well. And God detests that. Let me leave it with you on that. Let's pray.